This episode is brought to you by Baron Fig. Find out more at mofonepodcast.com slash Baron Fig. You're listening to the Master One Podcast. This is Von Glitchka, and you can check out my artwork at glitchkastudios.com. Welcome to this sandbox episode of the Master of One Podcast, part two for this week. This week we talked to designer, illustrator, and co-founder of Artists for Education, Brad Woodard. I'm Andrew, your Master of Art and Design. I'm Patrick, your Master of Television and Film. And I'm Luke, your Master of Toys and Games. So pack your bags and don't forget the bear repellent, because it's time to brave the woods. Wait, we're actually going outside? of One Podcast is excited to partner with Baron Fig, maker of the best notebooks and writing tools in the world. Baron Fig is all about the thinker, the people that create and inspire those around them, and all of their products are a result of community feedback. You will not find a better notebook than their flagship confidant, and once you use it, you'll be hooked. Head over to mofonepodcast.com slash Fig to learn more and get yours today. So for this Sandbox episode, we're excited to talk with a designer, an illustrator, a Skillshare instructor, co-founder of Brave the Woods, and Artist for Education. And despite all of that notable stuff, he still can't shoot milk out of his eye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Brad Woodard to the show. Yeah. Yes. That was better Thank for you. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Much better. Well, now the now the world knows that there was a first time that didn't there go was as a well. Less oh, I'm better, pretty sure anybody who's been listening knows there's a first time. <laughs> Whatever. All right, fine. Um, Brad, th- thank you so much for coming to the show and uh, and coming on to talk about all the crazy cool stuff that you have going on. But before we jump into that, um, tell us a little bit about who you are, a little bit of your backstory. We say it's your Wikipedia page, if you will, about who you are, and so people can just kind of get uh, get things going in their brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm a designer turned illustrator. So my, yeah, I, I went to, to school for graphic design. After design, I decided that I was going to draw a few things for a few clients on the side, and it kind of stuck. So I started applying what I did in design with uh, with my illustrations and merged them together. Now I, I call myself, it's hard, designer and illustrator is long, so they just say designistrator. I like it better because I can draw it as a dinosaur, and it's it's much easier. Ooh, but um, it feels more like yeah, a heavy yeah. machine gun. But go ahead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll to, I'll rework that. I'll rework my illustration for that. Um, but yeah, and then so I have I have two kids uh, with my wife here, and we live in Austin, and we just bought a house, renovated a part part of it, and uh, built a studio here, which I'm in currently. And um, yeah, so we do a lot for. I guess a lot of the stuff that we do is uh, we chill, like kid related, educational related, which will lead into artist for education later. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, we we mentioned a couple things uh, at the top of this in your introduction, um, but you have your hands in at least what three or four big projects right now. Right. I mean, that oh, you kind of make up your your everyday life. Um, let's kind of yeah. walk through them kind of one by one and talk through what how how that came about and what what 
how that started. Sure. So with Brave the Woods specifically, that's you and your wife, right? It's a, it's a team effort. Yeah. So the 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 yeah the division of power and labor there is um, I guess. She's all powerful. She holds the the money. <laughs> she she runs the business part. So. She's all powerful. I <laughs> yeah. So she, I'd say she's in charge. She tells you when to do projects and how. It, I don't know how much they cost half the time. She's just doing it and <laughs> making things work. So it relieves my stress level doing it that way. But yeah. So she she's a stay at home mom and runs the whole business, both businesses now. Um, and then I'm the designer, illustrator, design illustrator. That's perfect. So, All right. So uh, with that, you've got a uh, – primarily you do what with that? Is it client work or are you guys creating your own um, like your own line of different things? Like what, what are you producing for Brave the Woods? Because each of these things that you have your yeah. hands in that we'll talk about uh, mm-hmm. throughout the interview um, all kind of produce different things and have different places in the universe. So what, what does Brave the, wor- Brave the World – Brave the Woods <laughs> try to do – um, as a, as a company and as an organization? Yeah, well, we started Brave the Woods um, mainly because we liked the idea of being able to choose who our clients were and what the causes were behind them and what, you know, basically the motivations, like, for us behind each project and client. So uh, our focus is trying to, in general, is trying to do things that are, um, you know, we, we like to do stuff with kids because it's fun and exploratory. We like the, the imagination. We like t- teaching. We like the whole, uh, the, the, the kid realm because it helps us, um, you know, that that's that's where they're learning to explore and that's where it all begins. And I feel like I'm still like a kid. I have more toys and children's books than my kids do, I feel like. And so, you know, that that's kind of like the goal of, of Brave the Woods. So we do a lot of client work. A ton, we do a ton of client work. Um, we, we try to do, we try to be a little bit more picky and choosy with, with who the client is and what type of work we take on. Um, but that being said, we also are putting way too much on our plate at any given time and starting, you know, artists for education. We wrote a book, my wife wrote a book, um, called Tata's Gift and I illustrated it and we self-published it and, uh, that led to more client work and, uh, more, um, like illust- or, uh, book illustrations and, um. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I feel like we're always doing other things around it, and it feels like we're doing that in like a- after the the main hours of working on client work. It's like all night we're working on our next big thing. Sure. Yeah. But, so yeah. how do you? And and I mean, this is a, a common question. I've heard a few different philosophies uh, around it, but when it comes to um, working with clients, I mean, so some people have the you know, the fortune of being able to be pickier. Some people feel more like they just have to take whatever they can get. And I think there's definitely times for either one of those, but how do you balance giving a client what they want versus injecting your style? And then how do you balance the level of, I have to get a paycheck, but I also want to be doing the type of work that I want to get more of. Like, do you have a personal philosophy around those? Yeah. So, I kind of have things that I, I kind of have like the three three things I kind of gauge every project by is you know like like what what does it satisfy and I'm sure you've heard this before but for me it's like is it financial you know is is that is that the main the motivator for me to take on this project is it is it passion you know is it something I really care about you know and uh, you know or is it just like it's gonna get a lot of great exposure fame <laughs> you know is that yeah is that what it's gonna be is it, am I gonna get a lot of eyes on it you know am I gonna make money or is it gonna be for a good cause. I kind of balance those things against each other and decide, you know, at the at that moment, 
like sometimes I just can't take on that passion project that I want to that passion client, you know, because I'm, I don't have the finances or, you know, the, the luxury of doing that. But like you said, there's kind of moments, you know, that, that's just kind of the roller coaster of running your own business. Um, but when I do, I try to, I try to really, we try to really go through those clients and make sure that it, it meets some of those goals. It meets one of those things. And, and, uh, and if we can swing it financially, I'd rather, uh, turn down some other projects that are more, you know, um, that, that, that don't hit on those, the passion or, or get us exposure or things like that. So, but, yeah, but they might be slightly more lucrative, but if you've got some money in the bank and you don't have to worry yeah. about that, you can do some of the things that are maybe a bit more heartstring for you and you're attached to. Um, so, yeah. so looking at your stuff, um, if you go to bravethewoods.com for anybody who's uh, listening to this and is sitting at their desk and hasn't already looked up Brad, um, there is definitely, you go through your work and there is definitely a thread that carries all the way through it. You know, there's the, the children aspect. I totally see the, the, the children style book, um, uh, like the book style il- illustrations and that kind of stuff. Um, but everything has this real vintagey, uh, kind of, um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of the right word for it, but it's a real retro kind of look to it. Um, talk, yeah. talk us through, uh, why that, where, where that came from for you, how long it took for you to kind of develop this style and then get, uh, n- like natural enough with it that it has permeated into everything that you do. Like, just talk us through, why your work looks the way that it does. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'd say there's a couple influences. I, I think the first one I I typically go to is is my design background. So that mid-century kind of style that you're talking that you're hinting at, like with, with the retro vibe there, that you can tell there's a lot of shape. There's a lot, it's a little it's like the, the illustrations are more graphic just in nature. And that's and and my my influence and what I was drawn to in design, obviously there's a lot of that correlates with design, but like a lot, I really liked a lot of those mid-century um, designers, and you can you can see that in there. I mean, I, I you can see like the Paul Rand in there and the Saul Bass, and like I love like the Eameses and and like all sorts of all those like mid-century designers kind of were, were an influence of my my design work. But then I just translate that over to illustration. So um, yeah, I think that that's one of them. That's why it's so bold and graphic, and that's the way I treat the layouts the way I do. But uh, the other one would be I grew up. Uh, spending all my summers in West Virginia on my grandparents' farmhouse. And I stayed in my uncle's bedroom, like his old bedroom as a kid. And all of his science, everything, all of his books, all of his science books, all of his, he was a super nerd. And he had like the, all like everything there, all everything that he had from his room when he was in the, back in the sixties was there. And I spent all my summers in that room. And I feel like that's like heavily influenced my style. So I try to take that style and I'm trying to make it modern you know have a, sure have my own twist on it so it doesn't feel like it's so dated but um but yeah that's where it came from i feel like do you so i i'm always kind of curious about the curious about this with artists is your are you very specific about your style in that you set out you want it to look this way and you're able to achieve that or is there a level that it's this just comes naturally to you like you naturally do this well and so you gravitate towards it hmm I've asked myself the question of like the style question is always a tricky one, right? Because like I feel like everybody everybody always asks and, and you know it says like they, the, the big the big debate is always should I have a style, sure, right? Should right. I have a set trademark style or should I just be like really flexible? And mine, I I feel like the answer to it though is 
Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I feel like you should always be experimenting with new styles. I, I don't think you should ever get stuck in a rut. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's going to be a common thread that's always running through your art. And you can see that if you go through Brave the Woods uh, on our site there, you'll see like the National Park posters that I've done. Those are so different than a lot of the other work that I've done on there, especially the vector type stuff. So, um, but the way I treat the characters or the way I treat the colors, there's, there's certain things that you just like go back to without even noticing it. And so I feel like the way to figure that style part out is just, and the way I figured it out is uh, I just keep making and experimenting and then whatever things that, you know, you'll start seeing like, oh man, I always draw the eyes the exact same way. And it just feels right, and it's and that's just my that's the way I do. And I'll try to experiment with other ways, and I end up ten, like tending to go back to or gravitate towards a certain style. So I don't I don't know. I feel like it's over mileage and, and working long enough, you start to see the trend, the common line. Yeah. So let me so let me just say one more thing about style, and then we'll move on to some other things. Uh, look, just looking through, just a cursory look through. There are there are. Um, Four different designers that I kind of see in your work, and I'm not saying that you're imitating them or whatever, but sure. um, I see D, K, and G in some of your work, uh, mm -hmm. some of your more vector, uh, symmetrical-based stuff. I see um, Andrew Kolb in some of your caricature stuff. I even see Clark Orr in some of your, uh, like your bat, like your wave campaign uh, T. <laughs> oh, yeah. It looks very Clark Orry. And then um, some Adam Grayson in some of your uh, in some of your like um, map and typography or uh, topography stuff. And so for me, yeah. I love all of those artists, and I love the idea that um, if I want to see uh, that style, I usually their specific style. I have to go to their site and kind of look through their stuff. For for me with this, it's like oh, okay, I can kind of get an amalgamation of all those things, which is fun and cool. And, uh, and then still has this cool kind of, like we were talking about this, this mid century, um, retro, uh, vibe to it. So, all right. So speaking of oh, retro, um, transitioning over one of the other things that you are a part of is, uh, the retro supply company. So talk to us about what that, uh, that element of, of what you do is all about. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, Dustin Lee of, of Retro Supply there, man, he came, uh, he came to me and reached out to me after he took a Skillshare class of mine uh, a few years back when I first started, and uh, and he was just, he's the nicest guy, hopefully he gets a ch chance to make it on here, I mean, he, uh, and he's super, super talented at what he does, and so, yeah, we, that was kind of an attempt, like, just a friendship, and we were like, we both respected what he, what we you know, each other did. And so we said, well, there's gotta be some way we should collaborate. And he really got me on the idea too, of making sure you had some passive income. And, and that was kind yeah. of something I hadn't thought about too much. You know, with Skillshare was passive income, uh, teaching those classes, but it was, that was kind of, I was just invited and tried it out. Um, but this was like the first time I sat down and thought about like, okay, how much could I, you know, supplement in my, um, my monthly earnings, you know, uh, with, with passive income. And uh, he really brought me onto that. So yeah, with him, we we just started collaborating and and uh, we started making brush sets together. And um, I don't know how far you want to <laughs> talk well, about yeah, it. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, just uh, with with that, what's the uh, so for him? And, and we don't have to go into the whole like uh, philosophy behind what retro supply is all about. We'll we'll get that when we talk with Dustin at some point. But sure. For you, when you came on to this, it was by invitation and for passive income stream. But was there? Um, does this hit a different niche for you than some of the other work that you do? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, 
I was interested in working with him also because he did something that I'm not great at, which is build. I, I built my own. I, up until that point, I was building all my own brushes in Photoshop and uh, just personal use. I never thought to, to sell them. And, and when I saw his, I used some of his brushes and saw that he can make them. Um, I was blown away by how good he was at making these brushes and how natural these brushes felt. And so that it's kind of the story of my life and with, with Brave the Woods at least is like I just start gravitating. Whenever I see somebody doing something better than me, it either like if it's in my realm, like I'll start, it motivates me. But if it's something that I feel like they've already got the leg up and they're killing it, like I just want to attach myself to them and get close to them and figure out how I can bring any sort of value to them. But oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what it turned into. I told him I said, "Hey, here's a cool way. This is what from from the from the the buyer side, the customer side. When I get brushes, uh, I a lot of times I'll order brushes or I'll order a brush pack. I have no idea how to use it. I buy it, I buy right. and I buy and I buy, but I I don't I only use one brush maybe that I cuz I don't I want to go through and I can never remember which one's good or, or right, I right. couldn't think yeah. of a project for it. Yeah, that's I'm sure me. everybody's you're, you're telling that. my story right now. Yeah, that, so that was my story. And so when I talked to Dustin, I was like, dude, if you can make these brushes, why don't we create sets of brushes or packs of brushes that are based around a theme? I'll do an illustration tutorial that goes with, that you can sell with the brushes that helps people understand, like gives them an immediate project and an, an immediate use for it. So, for example, the Space Ranger brush set, I was thinking, like, if you want to make like a mid-century inspired space illustration or packaging or whatever you wanted to do with that. I'm going to show you how I would use these brushes for that. And we curated those brushes for that type of work. It can be used for anything else, but if we give you something that you can see immediately how you'd use them, it, it sells a lot better. And so uh, we found that people, when they use the pack, they're using all the brushes, which is really cool and really unique. I feel yeah. like so. Well, that was kind of our angle. What's what's I mean, so here's what I see in that. And this is more of an observation, not really a question, but what I see in that sure. is, um, what you brought to the table besides the talent, uh, portion of it, but what you brought to the table is this idea of building into the community and giving back to the community and and adding value to what was already out there. So he's already creating yeah. these things and you're like, okay, I'm not going to try to do this better than you. I'm going to come with you and I'm going to, uh, as Walt Disney would say, we're going to plus it. And I think that's an yeah. amazing, um, I think it's a commendable and amazing thing to do as opposed to saying, ah, I think I can do this better and then coming <laughs> in and trying to create your own thing in, in this space that already exists. I think that's awesome. So take, oh, thanks. Yeah. So taking a, uh, so taking a step back from, um, maybe the item that's created, I'm, I'm curious. So you mentioned the passive income from retro supply. Um, we mm -hmm. know, and, and, um, we're going to get into talk of, um, Skillshare, and then you've talked about uh, the book that your wife wrote and things like that. And it, it sure. seems like you're very intentional about um, finances, really. I mean, just hearing a few things you've yeah. said in passing, it seems like that's a very important thing to make sure mm -hmm. that, is, that is taken care of and that you have a plan for. So how do you approach that? Like if, if for someone that is, uh, you know, trying to, to navigate being in the space and carving out a living and that type of thing, uh, what is the, the approach for... Um, for really generating the uh, the income you need to survive as a creative. <laughs> no, that's a great question, and I wish I had like the answers before I started doing it myself. <laughs> you know, it's kind of all trial and error, and, and sometimes things I did were out of desperation and they paid off. And um, but yeah, I, I feel like uh, 
So I, I did my internship for, for a company and uh, I saw there was, the guy was awesome. He, he had a really neat studio, um, but the, the problem was real small. It was like four of us. And uh, I noticed that he had all of his eggs in one basket. One client made, made up about 60 something percent of his income or, you know, his, yeah, his income. And so um, I know, and then and not too long after I left, they went out of business and I've seen that multiple times with artists who have like gone on for a long time with a specific client and were like, or they left their job because they got one big job with the client that was ongoing. And then after right. that stopped, they were like, I only have that. I have to live off that 20% now, which is a lot harder. So for me, I was very conscious and I was, I, I was married and just had a kid. And so for me, there's a lot of motivation to be very deliberate sure. and, and planning ahead. So when we left and did Brave the Woods, there's a lot of planning involved, in, and, and we saved up at least six months' worth of living in the bank. And that was kind of our we, – we, we had almost a year, and that was just a buffer just in case all went to hell, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure. You're making a big leap when you do it. Like, you could be working with a 1,000 clients on the side, but you just never know if that's going to translate over to a full-time gig. And um, So, yeah, so we, we saved up that money, and then, yeah, when I go take projects, it's – we have to be very deliberate on who we, which clients we take and, and not taking all the little tiny ones because, you know, it happens and everybody's probably going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You take on like five little projects, right? And they all pay like 500 bucks a piece. And then you get one job that comes in the next week and it's worth like 20, 20 grand or something huge. And you're just like, shoot, I don't have even the time. Now I don't have that time because right. I've just taken up all my time doing these little tiny ones. And so... I have to be very careful, like how many I take on, and just trust that there's going to be more work, or start doing a lot of passive income things, alternate, you know, modes of, of income, and that's where Skillshare, that's where the brush sets, that's where selling posters with uh, the retrospect, uh, the National Poster Retrospecticus with uh, JP Boneyard. Yeah, you know, all those, all those things bring in more money, and we're doing random webinars and products in our shop. That's all ways to kind of just. Minimi minimize the uh, the risk. I feel like sure. Yeah, you're, diver you're diversifying. That's right. That's, I'm diversifying yeah. my portfolio. Well, you're yeah. <laughs> if you have yeah, more stuff out yeah. there, there's a better chance that some yeah. of those things things will hit at a time. So, um, yeah. Talk a little bit. So you told us a little bit about your your dealings and your story with Skillshare before we hopped on to actually start the show. So talk a sure. little bit of, of like how you started with Skillshare and your experience. And then um, also how being a teacher, like how that was for you versus just being a creative to teaching. Um, yeah, it was a learning curve for sure. Because <laughs> when they reached out to me, I, I was not even entertaining the idea. I mean, I've been thinking about entertaining. I've, I've, been, I've been reached out to by tons of different companies at the same time that Skillshare was popping up. A lot of them are trying to get people to do those online classes. And uh, I just, for some reason, I just was like, oh, why not? Just just try it. See, Try my hand. I thought I did terrible. But it's funny. Like, I think you guys are talking in an episode. You're talking about like, you know, you, you hate hearing your voice. It takes a while to start hearing yeah. your voice. And, and, yeah. you know, like I, th I think you're talking to Hayden Obey yeah. and, yep. um, yeah. And, and it's really, it, it's, it's so true. It takes, it's grueling, man. I, I feel like I sit there and I want to make sure I don't want anybody to hear me or see me doing it, <laughs> you know? And so I would do it at 2 AM. I would wait until my, my, everybody's asleep. There's not a sound outside. <laughs> I didn't have a microphone. I didn't have lighting. I didn't have anything. So I had to do it in the middle of the night so there's no noises. Um, 
and I did it on our kitchen table. <laughs> People are like, I think I remember you doing yours, and it was on like your dining room table. I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> and there's, there's, it was all orange because our back, my back wall was yellow, or or maybe it was orange. I can't remember, but yeah. Anyway, it's. I think the the teaching part was it was kind of hard like getting into it. But once you started seeing people respond and, and interacting with your course, and it was a really, really neat experience. And, and I, I, I really enjoyed that process of talking with, you know, younger, um, younger designers and, you know, and upcoming artists because that's what got me to where I'm at right now. I mean, I reached out to people, like you mentioned, DKNG. I reached out to them when I was in college, and I met with them when I moved to California. And, um, you know, Ty Wilkins, he's the one that brought me here to Austin, really. I mean... We, I, I talked to him and said, hey, Austin's kind of a cool place. And when we came and visited, he just took me around the whole place. And just endless supply of, of, of advice. And Ty Matson and Scotty Reifsnyder, all these people were really, you know, big influences in, in why I did what I'm doing. So I thought that I could give that back in Skillshare. And it, it was fun. So I, I think that's the, the perfect way to transition into what we're talking about next, which is your newest endeavor. Um, and you talk about uh, these people paving the way and these influencers and them willing to give their time and all these different things. Um, and you've, you've talked multiple times throughout the, the course of this interview about your, your love of education and, and wanting to give back. That all and your love of design that all plays into this next big thing that you have going on. So why don't you tell everybody about what this is and um, and how they can get involved in it? Yeah. So artists for education. Everybody says it differently, but it's artists for education <laughs> or AF AFE. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Artists for Education is, you know, is, is a, is, I like to think of it as a movement. It's not a nonprofit. It's a for-profit because we're paying our artists after the fact. Once right. we sell the posters, we're giving the, each artist a percentage of the sales. And, okay. and we're trying to build up we're trying to build up a brand because we want this to be a trusted source. Um, cool. So I'll, I'll go into a little bit more why, why, it's, why you should be able to trust it because um, we have some things in place for that. But artists for Education, basically, it's we're trying to get – Beautiful educational artwork in classrooms, and so it's free to teachers to download on our site. And, and right now, it's 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 poster form, like that's just to get the idea out there. Starting it's, it's posters, and um, and that came from just a need of teachers asking. I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of you, a lot of you listening that are going to be like, yeah, I've had like there's a teacher in my life, and they've asked me to help them create some visuals for their classroom. I think that's that's just a really common thing because there's just no there's not very many great resources for good design, sure. and and then if yeah, they don't have the budget wife. to do it anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. And there's and the thing is with teachers is they they literally don't have a budget, so no one's making this educational artwork that's supposed to be there to inspire kids to want to learn, and so we want to get these beautiful educational posters in these in these classrooms so teachers can go on here to our site, download them for free. Um, print them off, put them in their classrooms and help inspire their kids. And then anyone else, we highly encourage to buy the posters because not only are you supporting the artist who's, do who's doing this pro bono out of pure charity to start this, um, nobody's even asked me what the pricing breakdown or anything. They just made the poster and I said, oh, by the way, I'm giving you money for it. And they're like, oh, cool, whatever. <laughs> and so that they're, they're doing like this Andrew because <laughs> that was <laughs> Andrew. That is definitely, <laughs> that's what Andrew said, yeah. <laughs> And he killed it, man. He already had an idea. He brought up three pro three posters, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm right. got it. I got three ideas. Can I use them for your artist education?" I was like, "Yes." Well, he's yes. a teacher. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're you're stacking the deck with that one. So, oh, oh yeah. And there's 
But yeah, so the idea, the, the, the main like purpose behind Artists for Education is we want to help teachers out and help inspire kids. And I felt like uh, I'm, I'm talking and I'm interacting and I know so many talented creatives. I'm like, why can't I just use this group of talent and organize something where no one else is going to do this? You're not, the government's not going to do it. People aren't going to put this together for free. So I, you know, and so I figured, you know, let's do it because it's also fun. It's really fun to make educational posters. It's not hard to get people to do it because you're just like, do you want to make a poster about bugs? They're like, done. I'm going to do it. Or uh, how about solar system? You want to do the planets? Like done. You know, it's, there's I've been not, waiting not for someone to ask me this for years. <laughs> Exactly. And now you have a reason to. And, and so I thought I'd just take the time and organize it all. And that's what it is. I think that's incredible. So um, so when you do, do you have is your wife a teacher? Has she ever been a teacher? No, she, Was your mom a teacher? Did you have a really good teacher friend? Like like what? Yes. And <laughs> OK, so like what? No, what is it yeah. that drove you to this specific thing? Is it because your kids are getting older and you're and you're in the classroom? Like what? Andrew, what is just it let that, him answer. He'll he'll take it. <laughs> no, he's, he's answering it for me. No, he's answering it for me. No, I try. I try to make it, I try to set it up in such a way so that you can take it and run with it. I don't want to like just ask a really general question. Patrick tends to ask general questions, and then people are like, "So you're asking what?" I'm just no, I just like to ask like, five at a time. Just so yeah, they that's can, what like, Patrick. Thing. I'm asking one really focused question. Patrick exactly. asks. Five. Andrew wants yes or no. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yes. Yes, Andrew. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, that makes for good interviews. <laughs> for um, which one? A yes or no? Yeah. So, so what is it that that drove this specific outlet for this? Yeah. So you said most all of them. I think the I think the biggest thing is, yeah, we have kids growing up. Um, you know, we have, we have a little boy who's turning five. He's just about to go into kindergarten. Um, and that's, that's, that's obviously something that we've been thinking about and want to make sure that there's something like that in their, in his classrooms, he's getting a good education. And so it means something to us, especially for someone who's thought about, like my wife's thought about like homeschooling because she's worried about the state of schools right now. And, and I'm a big proponent. And so is she, uh, we, we both talked about it. Like it's, we want them to get the experience of going to, to, to public school and supporting public schools. And I think we can make a big change and, and you know, and a big difference if we're, if our kids are going there and experiencing it too. So we lucked out too. We're in a good area. So, um, but yeah, that, that was one of them. And then the other reason was my, my, um, my mother-in-law, she's a, she's a teacher and she's uh, in, in kind of a harder dis- school district. And so she's, you know, contacted us and, and talked to us you know, all the time about the, the trouble she's having is with, with lack of budgets, just, there's no, like, she's very clever and comes up with really neat ways to teach certain subjects that, um, she's like, man, if, if only I had a poster to show kids how to like people, like she draws up her own and uses them in class. But I was like, man, there's so many teachers that have brilliant ideas. And that's another part of artists for education. We want teachers to submit their ideas. If you have a really good way of teaching this, let us know and we'll put a, the artist on it. We'll make a professional version of it and you can have it in your class, you know? That's so, awesome. That's a uh, really cool yeah, added thing. That's, so, uh, yeah, it's on, it's on the homepage at the, at the bottom of the homepage. You should be able to see that. Uh, I'm curious why, why Indiegogo versus like uh, Kickstarter or GoFundMe or something else? Yeah, we did Kickstarter for our book and then that was great. Uh, Indiegogo we kind of read into it more and, and you could do apparently the, the, 
more people from Facebook interacted with Indiegogo, and okay. we figured teachers were Indiegogo yeah, yeah. and parents were. Or, sorry, teachers and parents would be on Facebook a little bit more. That was sure. one of the ideas. The other one, the other one was that you can do flexible funding, so it didn't matter if you hit your oh, goal, right. you could take yeah, that, that money out. And this, yeah, and we did Indiegogo as a just setting up AFE while we were getting it ready. We're like, why don't we just get a little bit of attention on it before just kind of get some excitement and let us print some really cool swag for it that we can hand out. Yeah. So cool. it worked out. Yeah. So we're going to, uh, we're going to shift things now, uh, to final questions. So just, uh, just to be aware of your time. So Patrick and Luke can kind of get on deck uh, with that. And I'll ask a question leading into that. Um, so you're, and this might be a, a you know, um, just an offshoot of what you just said. You talked about the flexible, the flexible funding and the flexible goal. So looking at it right now, um, you didn't quite hit your goal of, mm-hmm. of what you were trying to do. So what, what does that do for you when you're trying to upstart something like this and you have such a passionate, uh, idea for it to, to see that, um, other people maybe haven't caught the vision yet. Is that, is that demotivating or does that really drive you even harder? Well, with in this case, we launched it in the middle of the holidays. So like between Thanksgiving and Christmas and over the New Year's. So we understood that there was going to be it was going to be hard. We didn't think it would be as hard as it was. But it, it, the issue is, uh, is always marketing. And I always feel like I know I'm like, oh, if all my friends, you start doing the math, right? You're like, okay, if my mom, my grandparents, <laughs> yeah. if all these people just put in five dollars, we should be set. Don't ever count on that. Like, <laughs> like your parents, like my parents, I remember they did, they, I don't think, I, I'm not even sure if they did it on this one, but on, uh, if they contributed, but like every once in a while you'll get like somebody, you know, like some family member and just completely forget or, 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 and you also think like, like when we did our Tata's gift, this, I'm just, I'm just going to say this because I think it's important for anybody trying to raise money in this way. Um, we were very, we were pushing it all over to our family and friends, and it was a children's book. Now, a lot of my family and friends either didn't have kids, like my friends didn't, and then my family, like there's a lot of grandparents or whatever who didn't really care for this children's book, didn't have the kids to give it to. So we were we we didn't realize that until near the end, and then we had to like make this whole marketing effort towards like mommy blogs. Yeah. And when, as yeah, soon yeah, as we right. jumped onto mommy blogs, all of a sudden it started it started coming in. So on this one we 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 tried um it's hard because we're aiming everything to teachers yeah but the teachers we don't want them to buy things we don't want the teach we're not expecting the teachers to buy stuff so you have to we're playing to two audiences we have teachers we want them to go to the site because we want to take advantage of it like all the free stuff and give us input and then we want parents and other people who want to support teachers give these to teachers put them in their homes or their kids rooms that's another audience. So is it, right now we're trying to face, strike that balance of telling people to buy posters and then telling teachers that they can download them for sure. free. It's difficult. Yeah, that is because you've, <laughs> you've got two different two different markets really. And exactly. I know that today I started seeing um, at the day that we recorded this. Um, so this week I've started to see uh, artists starting to post their work now that the site is up and it's actually yeah. functioning. Um, artists are starting to post their work. So you think we'll start to see a shift and, and you you can really start targeting that, uh, that artist market now. I think so. Okay. I think we get, I mean, we have about 20 emails that I have to respond to right now and not including all the little pings on social media of artists reaching out to us. We have about 150 artists that have agreed to, to, to work That's with us. Amazing. And, and to create That's amazing. That's crazy. We only, we only have 30 up, you know? And so it's like, 
we have endless supply of artists. I just need to make uh, now teachers. The biggest thing that came from the launch was we got teachers for days, man. There, and we have a few different. Um, we have a few different nonprofits actually that are teaming up. They're going to be partnering with us that we're going to announce. We have two. Uh, two in particular that we'll be announcing here pretty soon that are going to be partnering with us to distribute. So that's so, incredible. Being that this is, we're talking about teachers, we're talking about education, and therefore we're talking about learning. Uh, personally, and as it pertains to you as a creative, what would you say the biggest thing is that uh, you've learned during this process? I've learned, well, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to answer your question that way, but like the biggest thing I learned is that. It is extremely hard to manage artists. Now, now, not these talented artists. These artists are super talented, and that's not the problem. It's it's in the process. So we have. It, it goes. I'm gonna. I'll try to give you the really short, condensed version of it. We reach out. We we reach out to teachers, survey them, get the content ideas. We take the content ideas. We reach out to put them on a doc, a Google Doc. We reach out to artists that we were very picky. We pick artists that we think will do, you know, that we really respect and do a really killer job. Uh, so we'll find those artists, reach out to them, invite them. If they say yes, we have them submit us. They pick a con- they pick a topic, submit a sketch. We take that sketch and we give it to a, an expert. So it's either a college professor or a professional in whatever subject they're submitting for. So, for example, we have a, a, an engineer that works on the Falcon 9 at SpaceX. And uh, he does all of the space-related things that come in. And he reviews, he goes through, hand reviews, notes, you know, puts his feedback on all the the space-related posters, gets back to him. We adjust because it's not, we don't give a lot of feedback on the artwork itself because that's, we we trust the artists that we pick. Um, It's all the content. So you can... The other, that's what I was trying to allude to earlier was you can trust AFE because even the teachers will, will trust the content because it's done by professors or for, you know, professionals. So I think that's, that's great. A key. Yeah, a, like, I think that's a very key distinction yeah. because like my mom was a teacher growing up and I, you know, she was very picky on like, even like what books were in her room for kids to read and stuff, you know, especially the stuff yeah. that's on the walls. Like oh, it sure. all has to be accurate and right and. Uh, right information. So the fact that you guys are doing yeah. that is is awesome. Well, thanks. Yeah, I felt like that was pretty much one of the most crucial parts. We didn't do it until after like we did the first one, and I was like, "Shoot, I can't fact check this." Yeah. Like, I'm worried <laughs> as soon as as soon as this it's going to go out in the world, and all these teachers are going to judge us. So we like immediately set up like a little brain trust of people we knew that were professors and and and, and professionals in different areas, and we're like, "Okay, we're going to use them and." Yeah, so that but that process is kind of lengthy, and it's a lot of time marketing each artist. Like, because we're gonna start marketing each artist, we built like ads for every artist, and it's just a lot, a lot of work that I wasn't anticipating. But it's super, super rewarding. As soon as you get one teacher emailing us saying like, "Thank you so much," we've there's there's not been a place like this, you know, that we can we can pull resources from. There's other resources, they're just not to the same quality uh, as this. So feel very proud, you know, to, to be not only creating something for, for these teachers, but working with so many talented people, so many talented artists. Yeah, man. Well, I, I think that you've made a, you've made a good, uh, a good effort at making form and function work together. And for so long, even since I was a kid in school, uh, function was really all that was, was given mm-hmm. effort to everything else is secondary. 
Sure. Yeah, I think we all look back at those posters and we're like, <laughs> in our, in our, I, I, can, I can only remember one poster. The rest of them are so ugly. I mean, I, if I looked at, if I saw them on, you can Google them and you'll see them everywhere. But I, I remember the one poster and it was talking about, you know, those who, uh, like, uh, forget the past or those who disregard the past, you know, are bound to repeat it or disregard history. Yeah. And so I, that, that's like one of my, those are like, those are the types of things that stuck. And I, I remember that vividly. And I want that moment for every kid to have that about the most random things. I never had that about math and I hate math, <laughs> but yeah. Scott, Scott Fuller, Scott Fuller made that epic, you know, standard measurement of, yeah. sh- you know, shapes. And I'm, I'm sure that's going to be at least, you know, much more inspiring. Some kid is going to become an engineer because of Scott Fuller. Yeah, for sure. That's what we know. Duh. I mean, that's true. Right? Or John or John Mata. John Mata killed a 80, I think it was the 806. Shoot, I butchered that. But John Mata, look him up. He did that amazing uh, mathematics in nature. Um and yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty amazing. Um yeah. okay, so my final question is super duper hard. Um so get ready. Uh you have <laughs> four things that you do plus being a dad plus being a husband, yeah. plus all of the other stuff that I'm sure you do that we haven't talked about for a job. It's just all the extra stuff of life. What do you do yeah. like for yourself? Like you love <laughs> being an artist. You love creating. But like there's a time when you have to step away from that. We all know that. So like what's the stuff that mm-hmm. like rejuvenates you uh, to, to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Um... I love the outdoors and Brave the Woods. The yeah. name. <laughs> I grew I grew up backpacking since I was five, and I grew up in Seattle, Washington. So we had mountains all over, and I just spent a lot of time outdoors. And like I said, when I was in West Virginia, I spent a lot of time outdoors on my on my grandparents' farm, um, and that that's always been kind of my go to go to spot for as as an outlet, you know, outside of create, you know, my like when I'm creating. Um, but yeah, I backpack. I love. Uh, I love. We have down here in Austin, awesome paddle boarding. So we have our, our kayaks and paddle boards, cool. and we try to get outside as much as possible. I play basketball, tennis. But um, yeah, I mean, I try. I try to stay active because sitting in my chair, I sit in my chair way too sure. much. I do so many things just sitting here. So it's nice to get out, and we have gorgeous weather all the time here in Austin. So I got to take advantage of it. Yeah. Indeed. All right. So my my final question is going to be a little bit of a, of a, a an amalgamation of that and um, something else. Talking about passion. If if we could remove, so like Luke said, you are just a busy, busy man. If we could remove everything that you do professionally to make money and funnel that all into one thing and say this one thing will will provide for your family. This one thing will do whatever. But you can only do one of these four or five big things what's the one that you're going to put all your time and effort into if you know that that's going to actually sustain you uh financially oh gosh that's like um, picking a favorite child <laughs> andrew i know that's why it's, but it's fun for me it, it, i don't have to my, choose it he son. does that's what's so beautiful about this uh yeah no i you know what I'm going to say, even though it's very premature, I have very high hopes for artists for education. And what I'm thinking about, you know, because it, it, you, what you're saying, you know, it, this is a culmination of all of the things that I enjoy. And, uh, you know, it'll be, it's, it's the one thing that I, I, I'm hoping this takes off well enough that I can, because we're going to expand to digital, the digital space, we're going to do animations for, for teachers to be able to go to and be able to find things oh, like, great. how does a rocket work? How does this work? And that's, that's the next step. Um, we have lots of other products. And so I'm hoping 
I, I would say artist education because I can go in here and I want to be able to, I want to have the time and, and the, the means to be able to go in an artist education and, and do a bunch of these posters myself. I've only done one poster and I've seen everybody put in these epic posters. And I'm like, I really just want to start creating the content. I'm managing it, but I really want to start creating the content. I think that would like, satisfy my need to create and, and, and to, to be charitable and to, you know, and have something to be proud of to tell my kids, you know, later on, like, what did I accomplish? Yeah. All of those things I feel like all fit within Artists for Education. So well, Artists for Education. Perfect. All right. So um, speaking of Artists for Education, tell everybody how they can get involved in this, what they can do. So the Indiegogo campaign is done. You can't give through yeah. that anymore. Um, but how can people contribute to this? How can they support it? Um, and, and then maybe even how can they be a part of it? Yeah, no, that's a great that's a great question. So, I, I'd say for since we have two audiences, so we're trying to reach out to teachers. So, any almost everybody knows teachers. I feel like, and for any of those teachers in your life, please share Artists for Education, the website, you know, artistsforeducation.com, um, and let them know that the work is all downloadable for free for them. Um, and we'd like to hear from them. We'd like to hear what they like, what input they have, uh, or feedback with the site. Um, and then for everyone else, like when you're spreading that word, also, if you buy these posters and use them, like they're beautiful enough to put in your living room. I mean, that's, what's, that's what I really like about these. It's like I'm a strong believer in having, you know, beautiful educational things in your home. And that stuff kind of like seeps into your, your, your kids' brains as they're, right. you know, they're, they're, you know, I mean, like I, as, a, as a kid, I remember all the things, all the artwork that was in my family's house. And, uh, and if it can be something that teaches them something more, you know, that's how, how much better is that? Yeah, so right. um, buy these posters because what they're going to do is it's going to help us expand, make, I, I want to be able to put more time and energy into this and get more posters made and more products made, but also it's going to help these artists. So that's how they can do it. So if you want to, if you want to help out, buy posters, spread the word to teachers and, uh, and, and let us know you know how we're doing yeah like, we love feedback and, and you'll go on there you'll see we've talked about a few of them but you'll you'll see and recognize uh, many of the artists that that are friends to this show and have been on the show before um yeah. and uh and are several of which are even in our slack community um and so it really is a, a community project um uh, and I, it's great. So go to artistforeducation.com. You can also just look on Instagram and follow artists for education. It's really simple. It's all in the name. Um, and so, mm -hmm. so check it out there. Um, thanks for chatting with us, but before you head out of here, can you draw some tokens for us? Sure. Perfect. All right. Well, that's it for this interview portion, but up next, we're going to draw some tokens. <laughs> Our friends at Baron Fig have created a beautiful new limited edition Vanguard. If you're familiar with their Vanguard series, it's their soft cover notebooks. Um, and they come in three different sizes typically. Um, and they're a little bit smaller than the normal confidant, but they're they're kind of a perfect uh, I think Luke, you described it as the a project. project. Yeah, notebook. it's a perfect project notebook. Something that if you have a, a certain project you're working on, it, everything lives in there. The confidant's like your daily uh, stream of thought kind of thing for me, uh, where you just because it's, it, it's got more page count. Yeah, uh, this yeah, so, is, is really for specific uses, which is awesome. Yeah, so the Vanguard is a great notebook, but they have come out with the limited edition um, Infinity uh, Vanguard, and this is a, just a beautiful looking notebook. It's like a slate gray with these um, these three different shapes on it. Patrick, maybe you can do a, a better job of explaining what these shapes like look like in the color palette. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's two pieces. One is the colors. I mean, it's it's this. Uh, I kind of see it as this uh, almost retro '80s palette, like these pinks and purples that blend in and out of each other. Um, and that speaks to me. We we've talked about it before, but the shapes too. They are they're they're. I want to call them primary shapes. They're like square, yeah. circle, triangle. And they're these uh, kind of impossible infinity shapes. So think of like um, almost like Escher-esque. Yeah. Um, yeah. Blending in and out of each other. But super, super cool looking. Yeah. They're they're beautiful notebooks and, and they're perfect for your library. Go pick them up now. Go to mofonepodcast.com slash infinity to pick up yours now. Impossible shapes. Endless possibility. The Infinity Vanguard. Pick it up now. So the tokens portion of every week is when we get to find out the categories we're going to be talking about the next week, and it's completely random, and our guest always is kind enough to pick for us, and so tonight, uh, Brad is going to choose them for us, so I'm shuffling these up, you can hear them maybe in the microphone, Um, they are facing down, I don't know what they are, but give me a number between one and three, and you'll be picking for Luke. Three. Luke, you got art and design, my friend. Cool. Nice. Um, between one and two, and you'll be picking for Patrick. Two. Patrick, you got TV and film. That means All I have right. toys and games. Uh, Brad, you did it. You did an amazing did job. It. So, um, hey, seriously, man, this is incredible. I don't understand how you have time for all this, but I'm glad that you do. Um, the world needs people like you who care about things more than just themselves and getting ahead. And so this is a re- truly, truly cool project. Um, I will be handing it over to my wife, who is a first grade teacher, and she will be sharing awesome. it with all of her um, teacher people. So um, I hope it, it does nothing but great things for you and for um the community so um but for now uh this episode you can go to m of one podcast.com and find show notes and links to the stuff we've talked about in this episode you can also find an archive with tons of other uh, incredibly talented guests that we've talked to you can sign up for our slack community on there m of one podcast.com slash slack you can subscribe on itunes just go to itunes and search m of one podcast and we come twice a week to your device and it's real simple you don't even have to do anything after that well we do want you to do one thing what's that patrick we want you to rate and review cool all right i thought you were gonna <laughs> laugh right you know I what we need to we need to simple. create an artist we need to create an educational poster for what to do once you subscribe to the podcast um and it will just be rate and review and explain all the benefits of why that helps us just lots of heart emojis um no it really is helpful and beneficial to us um so if you can take a few moments to do that it would help us tremendously you can also support the show on patreon um and just go to patreon.com slash m of one podcast you can become a patron for as little as one dollar but five dollars starts getting you some rewards like our bonus uh blooper episode every month um, and so uh, you can do all that stuff on there. I'm trying to think, is there anything else? We're on social media. Just search M of One Podcast um, on all the different platforms. Honestly, we're, we just, we're all over the place. So just connect with us there. Um, but for now, we're going to get out of here. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. I'm Luke. I'm Brad. Peace out. Bye. Hold on to your butts. If you build it, they will come.
sand. You go. <laughs> it's like you're introducing me to a beach for the first time. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. 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 That's true. That's what it sounds like. Shush your bush. Welcome to this sandbox. Welcome to this sandbox. I'm gonna talk about in hot. Welcome to this sandbox episode of the Master of One podcast. <laughs> Why are you laughing like that? <laughs> like, yeah, I came in hot. <laughs> okay. Welcome to this sandbox episode of the Master of One podcast, part two for this week. This week we talked to designer, illustrator, and co-founder of Artists for Education, Brad Woodward. <laughs> okay, it's Woodard. <laughs> okay. You planted the seed. It took so long for that seed to grow. Okay. Good job, Patrick.